Welcome to the Men's Global Livestream. If you're joining us for the first time and have a Bible, I want you to hold a couple spots, right? Hold one in John chapter 15 and hold another one in 1 John chapter 4. We're in part two of a series that we're calling The Next Adventure. And our key verse for the series we find in Mark 4:35, when Jesus says to a group of guys, let us cross over to the other side. And in that short statement, we find three things. It's a situation, okay? There's men on the shoreline, right? There's Jesus in the boat, and he's inviting the guys on the shore to get in some boats and go with him, right? That's the situation. Second, there's an invitation, okay? You can get in the boat with me. I'm not telling you where I'm taking you. I'm not telling you the destination. I'm just saying, let's cross over to the other side. You're gonna have to commit without knowing. And then the third dynamic that we have in the situation is a decision. So situation, invitation, decision, all right? You can stay on the safety of the shoreline or you can risk a yes to Jesus right now in this moment and get in the boat, right? Now think about this. Today, like as in this day that you're watching this or listening to this, we're still reading about these guys who risked that yes at that specific moment in time, got in the boat, and we're still reading about and talking about their adventures with Jesus, okay? So we had a situation, there was an invitation, there was a decision, key decision in their journey to get in the boat, key moment, key choice, right? Now, what about the guys who played it safe or rationalized not getting in the boat with Jesus? Same situation, same invitation, but they made a decision to not go with Jesus well, what, where's their story? What, what happened to them, you know? Well, their story ended there at the shoreline. They're in that moment for whatever reason, um, no step of faith, no yes was risked. And there you have the two trajectories, right? See guys, I think we know intuitively that when you risk for something, if the hope is strong enough, if, if the wonder, the hope, the possibility of something really cool is gonna happen, we'll take a risk, right? And what we're saying in this series, The Next Adventure, is you're never gonna tell stories and you're never gonna experience God's fullest intention until in faith you risk, metaphorically, like those guys, and get in the boat with Jesus. Why? Because he's gonna present you situations, he's gonna issue you invitations, and you have to make a decision of whether you're gonna stay on the safety of the shoreline and not risk anything or get in the boat and commit without knowing. And the point here is very well taken and we all understand it. And it's this, that the big wheels of our lives, the big trajectory changing things of our lives, right? And the adventures that we tell stories about and that we like to talk about, all of those big adventures and the big shifts in our life usually came as a result of a small decision. Big wheels of our lives turn on the axles of small, single decisions and responses to God in a moment in time. Remember in, in part one, 
where we were talking about, man, that was the best decision I ever made. That's what we're talking about, right? Somebody now with a little bit of hindsight is looking back and going, man, I'm glad I risked saying yes without knowing what was going to happen or what was the outcome or what the quality or consequences of that decision was. And so that's what we're asking. What does spiritual risk look like in the moment, listen, that opens the door to the next adventure in our relationship with God, right? That was part one. If you didn't see it, go back. But today, what does spiritual look like? Spiritual risk look like in the moment that opens the next, the door to the next adventure in our relationships with others, right? Because that's what we're created for. We're created to live out the abundant life, unhindered abundance in our relationship with God and in our relationship with other people. And so to cut his thinking for today's session, because that's what we're gonna talk about, the next adventure in my relationships with others. Let's get some key truths, a little bit of context for today's study. Truth number one, God is relational, okay? That's just, we're just setting it up. I want you to think in the right direction. God is relational. You, you see Jesus talk about his relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You see the big things happen in Jesus' life, like his baptism, the transfiguration, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You see Jesus pray for what he wants for us. He wants us to have in relationship what Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have. God is relational. Second, God made you for a relationship. So not only is God relational, God made you for a relationship with him and with other people, okay? Speaks for itself. That is his plan. Third, God has relational, listen, intentions for your life. God has relational intentions for your life. Because you're in relationship with God, he now has some intentions for your relationship with him and your relationship with others. And in fact, I think we know this to be true. The quality of our lives actually reflects the quality of our relationships with God and with people. You see, in the end, the acid test of a man's life is the quality of those two key relationships with God and with people. And we know that if we're not doing our relationships right, we're not doing life right. We know that in the end, if we didn't do our relationships right, we didn't do our life right. How do we know? Well, go to a funeral. No one's talking about, he went on this many vacations, he drove this kind of car, he did these different hobbies, his portfolio was really diversified and he ended his life with this much money spent or this much money in his bank account. Nobody's talking about that stuff. And if you get that, then if you're smart, you'll discipline yourself toward relationships. More specifically, you'll take some risks, right? To make them better. If you love the people that you're in relationship with, Okay, that's just as a basis. That's just to get us thinking in the right direction. The next adventure in our relationships with others, the value of relationships, and smart men discipline themselves to take risks that make their key relationships better. Now, here's, here's the X factor, right? When you risk for a relationship, it means that there might not be 
what we call reciprocity. You might not get back what you put into it. And when that happens, there is a danger. And the danger is this. You stop risking for relationships and you start retreating from relationships. Why? Because you took a risk in the direction of your hope. And that hope in that relationship wasn't rewarded. Okay? So on the relational level with people, that's a factor. God's going to be reciprocal. God is going to come back. Go back and watch part one, right? If we risk for him, he rewards that risk. With people, relationships are messy. Can I get an amen? Relationships are messy, right? People, good and bad. Families, good and bad. Marriages, good and bad. Friendships, good and bad. Why? Because you're dealing with flawed human beings, right? But we all understand that when we risk in relationship and that risk is rewarded through reciprocity, right, the risk was worth it. And, you know, we have to keep risking. Sometimes you're going to be disappointed. Sometimes you're going to be rewarded in those relationships. And it's important to understand just kind of the definition of risk. I have it on your notes for today's session. Risk is the possibility that something bad or unpleasant will happen as opposed to what is hoped for happening. There's your headline for relationships. We hope for reciprocity. We hope that what we put into the relationship will come back. That if we love in the relationship, that love comes back. If we desire relationship, that that desire uh, comes back. But it's a risk because there's a possibility, right? That there won't be reciprocity. But that doesn't stop us from risking for the reward and what is hoped for, okay? And the model for risking in relationships is Jesus himself. He talks about the risk that he was gonna take and did take in John chapter 15, verse 13. He says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Wow. Now that's, the greatest risk of all, right? Remember in part one, where we say yes to becoming like Jesus? That's the S in risk, right? Say yes to becoming like Jesus. Well, in relationships, there he is. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. This is Jesus. Listen, Jesus is in me. This is me in my relationships. If we say yes to becoming like Jesus, we're gonna, we're gonna risk. We're gonna lay down our lives. We are going to take risks to make relationships better. And what does it look like? It looks like sacrifice. We're gonna talk about that a little bit more. In 1 John 4, the other passage I said to keep a spot in 1 John 4, listen to what it says. It says, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. So here we go, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit demonstrating relationship 
the Godhead modeling how to risk for relationships in order to grow those, what does it look like? Well, it says, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God, right? How did God love us? Unconditionally, courageously, sacrificially. I'll say those three again. I wanna go on the next adventure in relationships. Risk loving people unconditionally, courageously, and sacrificially, right? God loved us unconditionally, and so he teaches us how to love. For God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, right? There's unconditional love. God loved us courageously. My Father, if possible, let this cup pass. Yet, not my will, but your will be done. God has taught us and modeled for us courageous love, right? Jesus has taught us sacrificial love. John 15, 13, we just read that. How about Hebrews 12, verse two? Who for the joy set before him endured the cross. What was the joy set before him? Relationship with me and you. And for that relationship with me and you, he endured the cross. So, what am I trying to say? God risked and sacrificed for relationship with us, right? Now, what does that communicate, right? Write this down. The level of risk communicates the level of value, right? You don't sacrifice and risk for stuff you don't value. The message that God sends to us, he says, you're created by me and you're loved by me. And because you're created by me and you're loved by me, I value you, you're made in my image. So I am going to risk for you. And that risk I'm taking should tell you your value. I don't know if you remember this song. It's generational from the 80s, right? Feels like the first time, right? I would climb any mountain sail across the stormy sea, if that's what it takes me, baby, to show what you mean to me, okay? So I'll climb a mountain, I'll sail across the stormy sea, right? If that's what it takes me, baby, to show how much you mean to me or your value. You see, when God does what he does, when he sacrifices for us, you know what we say to ourselves? We say, my gosh, he would do that for me? So there's the model, the model for relationships and going on the next adventure in relationships is our relationship with God. What did God do? God risked for relationship with us. That's the model. This is Jesus. Jesus is in me. This is me. And so now let's look at the other side, right? Remember, let's cross over to the other side. Let's go on the next adventure. Let's look at the other side of great relationships with others, because we're gonna have to take some risks. And the first risk we have to take is the risk of knowing and parenthetically being known, the risk of knowing and truly being known, all right? And that involves a relationship with God and relationship with others. Let's look at knowing and being known in our relationship with God. First John chapter one, verses eight through 10 says this, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. So 
what's the Bible saying on this whole topic of risking knowing and being known? Well, in a relationship with God, it requires self-awareness and confession, right? You want a relationship with God? You got to be honest with him and honest with yourself, okay? Otherwise, you're not in truth and reality. And God doesn't live in self-deception and image and fantasy. God's in truth and reality. So if you want to know God and to truly be known, the Bible says you got to get honest and look in the mirror, right, about not just the good parts of yourself that you present to others, but also the, the lumpy parts, the not-so-great parts, the bad parts. Why? Because... People are good and bad, right? And so if you're not real with another person and it's all good all the time, right? If you're fine all the time, how's it going? Fine. How you doing? It's all good. You know, that's not reality because we live on an unredeemed, broken planet and you're an unredeemed, broken person, you know? Not fully redeemed if you know Jesus. So there's stuff. We have stuff and God wants us in truth and reality. So... Not only is that true in our relationship with God, but that's also true in our relationships with others. And that's why I just, I'm doing one before the other because God, our relationship with God sets the model for our relationship with others. Listen to this. It's not just honest with God and honest with self. It's honest with other people. All right. James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Not only does relationship with God require self-awareness, honesty, confession, your relationships with people require self-awareness, honesty, and confession if you want those relationships to grow. If you want to know others really well and if you want to be known, right? You can fake it. You can hide stuff, keep secrets, present an image, withhold, withhold stuff. That's not what the Bible says. And if you do withhold stuff and keep secrets, right, and you're not honest with others in your relationships, right, you miss out because then they don't know who you really are. They don't know your real struggles. They don't know how to help you, and you lose the help. Why? Because you're preserving your image, okay? So what's the other side of great relationships with others? you got to risk knowing and being known. What does that look like? Self-awareness and confession. So how do we apply this? How do we go on the next adventure in relationships? And this one right here is an adventure. It's, I must risk being authentic with others. There's a few synonyms there. I must risk being vulnerable with others. I must risk being honest. I must risk being transparent, you know, where I'm not making my life and the real things happening in my life that people have to come through this smoke screen where it's opaque and they're curious. I'm actually just taking away the smoke and I'm being transparent and people can see the real me, not some fabrication, right? Question for you. Are you authentic in your relationships or are you synthetic? What do I mean by that? means that you're afraid of telling the truth. You're afraid of people knowing who you really are, what you really struggle with, what's really going on. So people really don't know the real you. They, they know the image that you're projecting 
versus the real self. How do I know that that happens? Because I did that for a long, long time. People didn't know the real me, they just knew the image that I wanted them to perceive. Not the real Kenny, but guess what? I wasn't going on the next adventure in relationships. Those relationships weren't growing and eventually the truth comes out, right? But I did learn when I came into relationship with God that his grace and truth and his love secure me so solidly that I can risk being authentic with other people. And can I just tell you what that did? Authenticity slash vulnerability. You know what that creates with others? Credibility. People wonder if you can be real or if you're so invested in the perception, um, the image, the synthetic, right? People, that doesn't last, by the way, and that gives you no credibility because so many people do that. But you know what's refreshing? It's refreshing that someone is secure and mature enough to go, man, this is, this is who um, I really am. And you know what that eliminates? Listen, like trying to read someone or guess where they are in relationships. So what's the other side of great relationships with others, right? You got to risk, right? Knowing other people and being truly known by other people, what does that look like? It looks like risking authenticity, vulnerability with others, okay? Second risk we gotta take after the risk of knowing and being known is the risk of growing, okay? Parenthetically, changing. Look at what it says in the Bible in Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So we are called into relationship with God, and guess what? We are growing. There's a work that's happening in us, right? We learned that in part one. We are changing from the inside out. We are growing and that moves our relationship with God forward into the next adventure. Well, guess what? The same is true with people, right? Either you're growing or you're not growing, right? Either you're transforming and there's transformation or there's stagnation, right? And relationships don't grow through stagnation, right? Listen to what the Bible says about the process of growth in our relationship with God. And if that's the model, our relationship with God, we can apply that, and that's meant for us in our relationships with others. It says this in Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. It says, sow for yourselves righteousness, reap the fruit of unfailing love, and break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. So you got this man of God. He's trying to help people grow in their relationship with God. To grow in their relationship with God, they have to understand that God's love is theirs permanently. They can't lose it. It's like reap the fruit of unfailing love. So when you know that it's not a fickle love, it's not an acceptance Nope, it's unconditional, it's courageous, it's sacrificial. When you know that you have the love of God, guess what you can do? 
Next line. And break up your unplowed ground. So he's talking to an agrarian society that gets this metaphor, right? There are parts of their fields that are neatly sown, right? They're in order. They're in lines, right? They're cultivated. The ground is plowed. The seeds are sown. There's stalks growing up. They're in nice little lines. Then there's this other part of the property. That's called the unplowed ground. Unplowed ground is unproductive ground, right? And so it's this whole metaphor of, hey, guess what? Remember what you did over here to change that and make that area of your life, that part of your land productive? There's this unplowed, unproductive part over here. And guess what? You're going to have to sweat and do hard stuff too. Get behind a big mammal with and hold a plow and break up that unplowed ground, right? In order to have relationship with God. Now, there's the model, right? We got to do hard stuff. We got to be honest. We got to grow. We got to make hard choices. We got to look in the mirror, right? We got to be in process, right? Versus what? Arrived. Isn't it hard being around people who like, they've arrived, right? There's no process with them. There's not areas to grow up. They've got it all together. It's all buttoned up. It's all sewed up. They're, they're, they're arrived. They're already perfected. They don't need to change, man. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you are a work in process and God's working on you. He's chipping things off. Watch part one. He's chipping away what's not Christ and using all the things going on in your life to chip away and build the character of Christ in you, right? And then if you want relationships to grow with him, that's what you do. That's the model. But you got to you gotta do the growing part. So if the risk of knowing and being known involves risking being authentic, what does the risk of growing involve? To grow, I must risk changing for others' sake right? In the relationship. When we change in relationships, we send a message to the other person in that relationship. We love you so much that we're going to change. So that's the risk we take when we start growing, okay? So risk of knowing and being known, the risk of growing. This is how we go on the next adventure in relationships. Third dynamic is the risk of supporting and parenthetically being supported. Now, this is hard for dudes. I, I, I get it. All right. Now, what is manly sometimes like, oh, I can do it on my own. I'm independent. I don't need anybody. I can pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I'm a survivor. I'm resourceful. I don't want to put anybody out. Right. That works over here in a godless ecosystem of thinking and living. Over here, in a relationship with God, listen to what he says in Romans 12. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, keyword, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Okay, so there's the worldly way of doing relationships, the next adventure in doing relationships, involves knowing and being known, growing and changing, and supporting and being supported. That's how you go on the next adventure. But some of us, because of maybe trauma in our lives, 
capital T, trauma. No thanks. I'll support myself because I trusted someone else to help me out, and they didn't. In fact, they abused me, all right? Or trauma, little t, right? Now, experience, no support there, no support there, no support there, no support there. Okay, there might be good reasons for thinking like that, but you think like that over here outside of Christ. In Christ, listen to what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 12, 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. So when the Bible talks about the next adventure in relationships, right? You got to be authentic. You got to risk growth and change. And you also have to risk depending on others. Write that down. I must risk depending on others. And in just here's a crude illustration that involves amputation. Okay, so if I cut off this finger, boom, okay, got the other ones. Okay, that's not here. Here we go. It's gone, right? Can this finger fulfill its function? No, it cannot. Why? Because it's amputated from the body. It's cut off from the body. No function, okay? So how does this apply to going on the next adventure in your relationships with others? Here's what it looks like. I need your help. It looks like, can I get your advice? It looks like, I'm not doing good today. Authentic and honest, growing and changing, but if you never depend on another person, here's the message. I don't need people. And people who send the message of, I don't need people, they don't draw others to them. Why? Because those others that you're trying to draw aren't needed in your life, right? Because you're all good. So when we talk about going on the next adventure in relationships, when we look at the Bible and our relationship with God and our process with God, and then we look at the body of Christ, man, we got to risk knowing and being known. We got to risk growing and changing. We got to risk supporting others and being supported. Now, I will be the first to admit I'm not that great at that. And part of it is my background. I'm a Navy brat. I'm the last of seven kids, okay? And I grew up pretty much taking care of myself after food and shelter, right? Show up, look at the playground, no models, no mentors, no messengers, just I got to figure it out. Right? I got to provide. I got to get jobs. I got to work. Um, no, one's, no one's responsible for me other than me. Anybody else out there feel like that? Well, guess what? That works maybe in your world or in the world and culture. Maybe that's even respected to a certain degree. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I dig a strong independence, right? I dig discipline. I dig maturity. Sometimes we got to walk the road alone. However, the Bible clearly says that you got to risk knowing and being known. You got to risk growing and changing. And you got to risk supporting others, which always makes us feel good, but then being supported 
and depending on the body of Christ. Number four, we got to risk sacrificing. We got to risk sacrificing. Now, I'm going to bring back uh, a verse that we looked at earlier, and that's John 15, 13, that says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Now, when Jesus talks about that, about sacrificing for others, for the relationships and people that he cares about, um, you know, in other places he adds, no one takes my life, I lay it down of my own accord, okay? See, here's why we love Jesus. His sacrifice for us was completely, listen, unilateral. It was one-sided. It was his unilateral choice to be obedient to the Father for the sake of us. And that sacrifice and obedience that communicates. That's why Jesus says this, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. When you sacrifice for a relationship, that cuts through all the words, all the promises, all the, people see you sacrifice for a relationship, say no to yourself, to say yes to them, respect, honor, love, loyalty. Am I right? That's why I love Jesus so much, is because, and respect him so much, and honor him so much, and love him so much, and I can't turn my back on him. Why? Because he chose to sacrifice for our relationship. And sacrifice communicates, why? Because he gave up what was uniquely his, his life, without expectation of me giving it back to him. He knew that there was people that he would die for that wouldn't reciprocate. No reciprocity. But not, not this guy and not you, right? And how do you give back? You, you love him back with your life, right? Now, think about that and how we relate to Jesus and then think about our own relationships with other people. What communicates to other people? Bunch of words, text messages, oh me. No, sacrifice. When you give up what is uniquely yours for the sake of another person, that communicates, that cuts through, right? Has to be respected, at least, at a very minimum. They might even love you back. They might even, that might even be the breakthrough for them. Because maybe for, for others that, that God has put you into the matrix of their lives, Maybe no one has ever really sacrificed for them. Maybe instead of someone loving them and sacrificing for them, maybe their love for another person was rewarded with abuse. You never know what's going on behind another person's face. But I'll tell you what is universal and what communicates is when you lay down your life for someone, when you take what's uniquely yours and you offer that up without expectation of them giving back and you give it freely, your time, your energy, your words, your generosity, your resources. When it costs you something to send a message to somebody like, I care about you this much, I'm gonna sacrifice for you. Now, we've been making these, um, these applications, right? So when I 
risk knowing and being known, I got to risk being authentic. When I, uh, when I risk growing, because I have to grow, right? I got to risk changing. When I risk supporting other people and being supported, I have to risk depending on others. What's the risk I have to take to sacrifice in relationships, to send the message and to go on the next adventure in my relationships with others? Well, I have to risk, write this down, dying to self, right? To have great relationships, I must risk dying to self. That's why the Bible says, you know, you, Jesus says, love your neighbor as who? Yourself, right? You do it, right? It's a command without conditions. You set aside yourself and you love others the way you want to be loved, as you would love yourself. But when you don't do that, your relationships aren't going to advance. You see, again, the big header here under this theme of sacrifice communicates. It, it hits home like no other language. That's why when the Bible talks about love, when Jesus talks about love, he's not talking about brotherly love or erotic love, right, or passionate love. When the Bible talks about love, it's a sacrifice of the will. And that's what communicates. It says what lip service can't communicate, what good intentions can't communicate, what repeated promises can't communicate. You sacrifice, it cuts right through that in a relationship. And people go, oh, wow. He gave up himself to take up relationship. And he gave up himself for the sake of and for the benefit of me. See, this is Jesus. Jesus is in me. This is me. This is why we love him. This is why we love him. So in this series, what I want you to see really clearly is that if you want to go on the next adventure, if you want to go to the other side, in your relationship with God, if you want to go to the next level in your relationship with others, you are going to have to take a risk. There is a possibility that the risks that you take in your relationship with God and your relationships with other people, um, there's a possibility that it might not either go well from the start, like it did for the guys who left the shore, didn't go well at the start, but then God rewarded their, their faith in him and getting in the boat. And man, God's gonna come through no matter what. He, he's not like us. <laughs> He's faithful even when we're faithless, right? He can't deny himself. He's anchored to his own promises. He's in the boat. You can risk greatly with him, part one. Part two, whether you've been burned in the past, whether the relationships have been messy, where you have invested and there hasn't been reciprocity, guess what? You gotta risk again. And you're gonna find it that when you do risk in the ways that we're talking about, right? Risk knowing and being known, risk growing and changing, risk supporting and being supported, and risk sacrificing by dying to self um, because of your relationship with God and because that's what he models, um, you're gonna experience the next level in your relationships with people or at least the people who matter. 
and the key is 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 doing this and taking these risks for those especially in your first circle the people that god has put in the environments where you are and and certainly with your world so if that's your desire if you are listening to me right now and you go man i got to do better in my relationships doesn't matter could be with a girlfriend could be with a wife could be with a brother could be with your kids could be with people at work whoever the this is what you need to do if you want those relationships to go to the next level let's pray well lord we oh man relationships are messy people bite and devour one another people give and give and give and give and get nothing back um but we thank you that because we know you we're going to treat others the way you treat us And I love that. We love that um, in our relationship with you, we got to be honest. We got to risk honesty with you and with self, and our relationship grows. Right? We got to risk growing, changing. Lord, you're making us more like Christ. That that sends a message. That takes a relationship to the next level. So, Lord, we we declare transformation, Lord that you would loose transformation in our lives, and God, that you would bind stagnation. We want to be transforming men. Lord, we, we want to be good members of the body, and, and Lord, especially with other believers, God, help us not just to support other people, which a lot of times makes us look good, but help us really grow in our relationships by allowing other people to support us and to rely on the body of Christ, which you have given us. So we turn to you and we turn to the body of Christ. Give us courage to say things like, I need help. Give us courage to say things, I gotta tell you something. Give us courage to receive the grace and truth of support and provision from other people, Lord. And that's how the body of Christ wants to work. That's how we roll in this family. We support one another. And then in the end, Lord, with our relationships, I pray that, um, that every brother listening to me on this, this podcast, this session, this live stream, Lord, that, that you would come alive in him for relationships, that he would die to himself to say yes to others in a healthy way, that he would love his neighbor as himself, that in the spirit of Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that he would lay down his life for others. And that that sacrifice for relationships, for the sake of others, would communicate what lip service, good intentions, and repeated promises would never communicate. And that there would be reciprocity. So Lord, fill us with your spirit. I bless all relationships of all the men who are listening to my voice right now. I bless them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. We'll see you next week.